Welcome back to Tuesday Take, where we take a deeper look into this week's teaching. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Take. My name is Shane, and I'm sitting here with Pastor James. Pastor, how are you? Hey, Shane, I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Got some teas. Yep, we got got some energy flowing. Man, I don't know if that works, but I'll drink them. Yep. What What do you have over there today? Lake Days. Tastes like, uh, have you ever had like uh, those Rocket Pops, this red, white, and blue? Oh, yeah. It's kind of what it tastes like. Did you eat those at the lake? Is this like, is there a nostalgia happening right now in your heart? Uh, maybe a little bit, but I, I'll just, they're good. I'll just eat them at my house, too. <laughs> so you call house days that's good house yeah. days lake days yeah. or i just want a popsicle days yep. i got a uh i got peaches and cream over here okay it's a little tart yeah i like it it looks all right wow okay <laughs> i know i mean I, w- I wouldn't oh, i wouldn't okay. personally get it but you know you're, you're a tart guy though aren't you like yeah. you want something like with a little sour kick to it yeah i wouldn't want the cream in it though it's good it's good yeah they put some whipped cream on top of it hence the peaches and, peaches cream. and cream yeah yeah well, man, you done anything interesting lately? Like trying different kind of smoking of meat? Or I saw on Instagram that you tried the candied jalapeno, other stuff. What was it called? It was the ribs. It was the um, oh, it was the cherry habanero. That was rib it. candy glaze so pepper I was, jelly. I was nowhere close. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you're Texas saying. Texas pepper jelly, cherry habanero glaze. Was it good? It's tasty. Is it, it spicy? Good. Yeah, it is. Actually, the habanero ones, this is actually, the the cherry habanero was sold out, so I had to get the cherry habanero, cherry habanero times two heat. So it's like double heat, but it wasn't too bad. It wasn't. Mm. It was good. Did Kirsten think it was hot? Mm-mm. I'd have thought no, it was No, she liked hot. it. I'd have been like, ah, oh, it's too hot for me. Too hot for my blood. Well, you mix it with like a sweet barbecue sauce. So oh, I mean, so it kind of, it's like a sweet heat. Yeah, I got you. Mm-hmm. I got you. Mm-hmm. So the ribs were good. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. They're very good. I just I I think that you need to carve out a day where you're just gonna smoke meat for the church, mm-hmm. like you, the other smokers from the church, you, Andrew Hubenthal, who else? Dwayne Strickland. He smokes too meat. Yeah. It's Marsha Popple. She said she really she likes to do ribs. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Go ahead, Miss Marsha. Yeah, she said we need to have rib competition. So I said let's let's do it. Can y'all just get like a really punny shirt, like? Fresh and roast smokers, <laughs> something just join a smoking league. <laughs> People may misunderstand it, but it's fine. I'll be honest, I think it would be hilarious. Yeah, so let's do it, man. We'll make you a graphic. Let's don't do worry. it anyway. But no, I think it'd be cool if you did that. Anyway, um, man, jumping into some questions from Sunday. Uh, if people will reject Jesus, is there ever a time where we stop sharing the gospel with someone? Um, I would say no. I mean, I, well, I'll, I'll say this. Like, I think s- some people could reject the gospel, reject it to the point where they maybe alienate themselves from us so we don't have the opportunity to share the gospel with them anymore. You know, they may just say, hey, look, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And they may distance them. So, like, they may do the part of isolate themselves so that we don't have the opportunity to share the gospel, you know, with them. But I think always we're to have the heart toward, you know, we're continuing to reach reach out to people, love people, um, show grace to people, you know, and, and, and don't give up, you know, cause if you think about, I mean, you know, the Lord's never given up on us. And so, um, but you know, one of the things I was thinking about and I didn't tease it out Sunday, but you know, you know, cause basically it was like, I'm not going to do a miraculous, you know, miraculous things, you know, at, 
because of your own belief, but you left. But I'll say about this of like, and we talked about our home group of, of, you know, let's just take his family for instance. You know, James was one of the ones that kind of rejected Jesus. You know, there was that, that disdain there for Jesus, and yet we see him end up becoming the head of the Jerusalem church in Acts and then writes the book of James. And so what we don't know is, you know, some of those people may have turned from their unbelief and accepted. Obviously, we know that from his family. And so obviously the people from Nazareth, like after a certain, so like he may not have come back to do miraculous works, but that doesn't mean that the seeds planted may not have, like many people after his death and resurrection may have come to come to Jesus. You know what I mean? So, I mean, we see it in the example of his family. So I think, you know, we never know what sharing the gospel will do. So I think we, as long as it depends on us, I think we continue to yeah. reach out, love, share the gospel. Some people may alienate themselves and therefore, you know, prevent us from sharing the gospel. Yeah. Um, so coming off of that, how can we practically deal with people that reject us? Well, you know, I think for a lot of it is we don't like, and we don't like people to reject us, um, especially if they're rejecting us. You know, it's hard not to take it personal, you know. And obviously we have to tell ourselves, I think, in some level of like, they're not rejecting me, um, they're rejecting Christ, they're rejecting the gospel. And because I align myself with Jesus, therefore they're rejecting me. But it's not really about me. Um, but I think we obviously taken, I was doing this for the um, senior adult Bible study this morning, but thinking in Luke, he talks about in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, we're to pray for those who persecute us, love those who persecute us, those who slander us, those who revile us, those who hate us. You know, Jesus gives our instructions that we're to love them, we're to continue to bless them, bless those who curse you. And so I think that gives a good indication of, when people do reject us, the culture, the world, you know, what we're continuing to do is practically, I think, we continue to love, be kind, show grace, show love, um, and as it depends on us. Like I was thinking of, and you remember when we talked about, um, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Who's the guy? I don't know why I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Polycarp, when he was taken at old age and to be yeah. basically martyred, and he was so kind to the the people that came like they almost like they were like hey should we just let this guy go yeah. you know but they were like the way he was so gracious and kind to him um the people that were going to kill him basically take him and arrest him and so i think it gives us a good, good clue and taking the words of jesus that you know as it depends upon us we're to be kind to all people show grace show love um continue to share the gospel and and don't allow it to discourage us because i know we were we talked about our home group that you know if enough times if people reject you like you're kind of like all right, I'm done. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And so I think there's a level of, like, remind ourselves, you know, we can't lose heart when the world and culture around us rejects us because obviously we do know this. People will come to know Jesus. And so um, I can continue to keep doing that. So Absolutely. And I think that right now, man, like, I mean, if if, uh, another reason, another thing to go with this, I think, is is being – in a, a, a right relationship with the Lord too, because I mean, think of any time something difficult comes, what's the first thing, the easiest thing to do is like, I'm just not going to worry about it. Um, but you know, if we're walking closer to the Lord or depending on his strength and we're doing what he's calling us to do, like I think right now being a polarizing time in our country, like it'd be much easier to be like, all right, we're just going to let people do what they want to do. We're going to worry about us and make sure we take care of us. I think that's uh, something else important to see is like, Hey, like we're, we're called to do this. Like, so practically, is it easy? No, like they literally killed Jesus. 
Like they were mad about this. They were. So I think for us, like you said it Sunday too, if they if they hate me, if they hate you, remember they hated me first. I yeah. think that that's something to remember too. And I think also you're saying like in our world, and we know this like with political stuff, there's, there's a lot of polarizing things in our culture. And I think one of the things that we I think need to be sure of is that when people reject us, it's because of our alignment with Jesus. Yeah. It's not because either we're rude, we're jerks, or because we hold – we're just playing into the narrative of the culture of being polar, you know, polarizing based. On, like, I want people to reject. If they're going to reject me, I want it to be because it's because of my faithfulness to Jesus and His Word, not because I agree with some political ideology, you know, in our world. So I think that's important. Like, you know, it, somebody can reject maybe what I believe politically. Okay, that's that's fine. Yeah. Um, but where they should, it, it, you know, and so I think that's a, just a reminder for us is that. The rejection comes because of our alignment with Jesus, not because of where we align politically. Um, because it's just, I don't know, just not getting mixed up in all the polarizing things um, and realizing that as Christians, we'll probably, it doesn't matter on what side politically you stand, Christianity is going to confront that. And so, because yeah. neither, or and not just, it's just two, but it, any political ideology here that exists doesn't fully grasp the biblical truth whether of justice of of care of concern in our world and so um there's no party that completely does it so in any if we stand for truth we're going to probably offend people on every side yeah um so i think that's you know we we want to offend people because of jesus not yeah because of these other reasons yeah i mean you had that in a sermon a few weeks ago didn't you uh, maybe, maybe a month or two ago was if there's anything offensive about you, let it be the gospel. Um, I think that's, uh, I know our home group, it was kind of one of those like, God, ah, yeah, but also like, this is hard. Like, but um, man, moving into the last question, your last point on Sunday was unbelief hinders us from experiencing the grace and the power of God. So verse 58 of the passage we looked at uh, out of Matthew 13 says, and he did not do many works there because of their unbelief. Um, and so we see that, like, Jesus Jesus kind of, like, withdrew that that miracle-working power mm-hmm. and, like, that because they didn't believe. So for us here at First and Row, I feel like we're seeing God move in our church, in the life of our church. You know, things are through COVID. You know, God was faithful. We've seen people join the church. Like, there's a lot of things happening right now that per statistics shouldn't be happening. Um, so we're seeing God move in our church. If we don't have faith, you kind of hit on this at the end, if we don't have faith to see where he's leading us and, and to have, just have faith that he is leading us somewhere, what will that mean for us? I think the first thought that kind of came to my mind was the verse that says, don't quench the spirit. And I think probably nothing quenches the spirit more. I would say probably two things is not not love, you know, not loving, and then not walking in faith and and scripture actually says it's like without faith you can't please God. And so faith is is this thing that God is after in us that we would be willing to place our faith, hope, and trust in him and what he's calling us to do. And you know, I think the reason why I kind of dug into that a little more on Sunday was like I, when I say this, I'm not saying churches don't get to they, they not that most churches don't ever get to have these moments of of exhibit yeah. their faith. I mean, we always, we all of us individually, corporately, we have opportunities, but I was just thinking of like, we have a very unique thing going on at our church that if that's going to require us to walk in faith of God, I'm going to trust you 
even in a difficult decision, even in a decision moving forward and not fully knowing what that means. And, I, you know, it kind of excites me in some way because I think it's it's like we get to experience somewhat of what we read about in the Old Testament. You know, I mean, you know, you, we read these stories and see how people got up and moved and got up and did these things. And so it's like, but you just read about it. And it's, I was just kind of thinking like, we, we it's almost like as a collective body, we're going to have the opportunity to actually do that very thing and to actually put our faith into practice. Are we going to walk in faith or are we not? And I just, I guess that's the thing for me is like, I want, I want us to err on the side of, Hey, we're going to respond in faith because again, God honors faith. God is pleased by faith. And when we walk in faith, we get to see God's grace and power at work. And I mean, I would say we would all want that to see it in our church, you know? And, um, and I, and I think nothing would probably quench God's spirit more than to say, yeah, I know you're leading me to do something. I'm just not gonna, I'm just not gonna do it. Um, I just don't think that's a good move. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, do you have any more additional thought from Sunday? Anything that you'd like to add to, or? Mm. No, we're. I mean, like this week, we'll probably get into it a little more with going into chapter 14. But you know, we'll probably rehash the same idea of just the idea of rejection cost the cost of following Jesus and so sometimes I don't think we realize that enough and in our culture seems to be um, more and more rejection um, coming and so I think we just need to be aware prepared for it you know that's good well man moving to um, our know your pastor portion of the podcast um, outside of of Christian music if you're driving around, if you're just hanging out, what is like your go-to genre? Let's say genre of music. Mm. Outside of like Christian worship music type yeah. stuff, mm, probably like. Uh, so all right, so like uh, in Kirsten's car, uh, I don't know how much longer we have it, but we have Sirius in there, and so typically I always want to listen to the Pulse. I think the pulse is uh it's like 2000s yeah and so that's i usually like to listen to that 2000s music so that was like i mean kind of when i was a junior high in high school like so. 2000s i think it's like 2000 2010 so it's like in that gap like adult alternative like that's what uh, john well, mayer technically is yeah well i think on that like it's like any hits anything that came out in 2000 2010 yeah i mean it's not like country but it's more of like mm, rock john mayer pop kind of yeah. hits i guess and so so who who would be like if you're like man this is the band that i'm gonna listen to for the rest of my life who would it be dang or i'll say this if they, if, if they came out with a concert today if i had to go i would i would sign up right now to go for two or three doors down concert hmm, i'm here without you yeah but you're still on my lonely mind yeah yeah i'd go to them them matchbox 20 i like matchbox 20 they're more kind of 90s into 2000s but i got you so that's good something like that so if i'm if i'm riding around that's usually what um i like to listen to i think it's the pulse whatever's 2000 hits or something gotta bring back when i was in high school man it's that nostalgia that's it man that's it man uh that's good i like it i like it matchbox 20 it, it it's still like I've had conversations with like Michael Carr. Michael Carr obviously is a music fanatic. Um, a few of us are, um, 
being from Ravel, man, I really thought you'd be like, man, I just just love me some old Tim. Love me some Tim McGraw. And I don't think you don't like Tim McGraw. Yeah, I mean, I can listen to that. I think there was some level, too, of everybody listening to that, so I wanted to be different. You're just trying to be different and edgy. Yeah, well, not edgy. I think more just like – and yeah, some of it I don't – yeah. It blows my mind that, like, you're not – a big country music guy, but it makes sense that you didn't, you know, everybody else was doing it, so you didn't want to, so. Yeah, I guess because, you know, a lot of times you grow up listening to stuff like your dad and your mom listened to, and, like, I don't ever remember listening, especially, like, when I was riding around with dad, like, not saying dad doesn't like country music, but he just never listened to it, so I think, you know, so I think when you grow up, you listen to, What's your parents we listen, listen to, to, like, yeah. rock and stuff, so we never listen to country, so, you know, I've, I didn't grow up listening to country, Yeah. Um. so my that's dad, probably uh, why. My dad was a big Huey Lewis and the News guy, and so I'm a big Huey Lewis and the News guy, but my grandpa loved country music. I got you. And, like, from Hank Snow in, like, the the 50s to, I mean, the most popular stuff whenever I was growing up in the 90s, so I had a, uh, a huge background mm-hmm. of country music, and then I don't know if my parents super loved it. Like, I think my parents were kind of like, my grandpa's name was ST, and I think my dad and my grandpa... Had a conversation with my dad was like, "St, like you gotta, you gotta pull it back." So I'm like, he's coming home singing Randy Travis songs. We don't yeah. like. They're not bad. They're not bad. They're good. But uh, no, it definitely, it, yeah. So, but it, it always kind of was like, I just wish James liked '90s country, man, to make. Car it's not that I don't fun. like it. It's just not. I mean, Kirsten loves it. Which I'm happy. I'm happy that. Um, it's just not my go-to. I'm just saying, man. If you got nothing to do Saturday. I do. So, there's a, okay, never mind. I sorry, do. sorry, whatever. I got Piper's got T-ball and got a birthday party. We got to take the kids too. Man. So man, we're gonna well, be running around. I'm in a country band. If you didn't know, maybe in the future you can come. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Michael Carr's in it, and uh, Michael's very reserved on Sundays. Um, you know that? What is that? Uh, meekness is power under control. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Carr is probably the meekest guitar player I've ever met in my life. Because on Sundays it's like, man, you can let your hair down. You can have fun, but he just he knows how to play tastefully. Good, so. man. good for Mike. Anyway, we that, that just went a thousand different places. But good to know. Three doors down, we'll be looking for them to to hit the road again. Can't wait. And uh we'll we'll have to give you a ticket or two. Anyway, man, thanks for sitting down and answering some questions. And uh man, uh this just the where this series has went. It's just been challenging, it's been good. Um, excited to continue on. Um, just to see where the Lord's going to lead us as a church. So, man, thanks for sitting down and answering some questions, and thank you for listening to another episode of Tuesday Tech.